Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. I hope, I hope you, have, you had a very uh, nice Thanksgiving with your families, with our families, right? Uh, shall we pray first? Our Heavenly Father, we thank you so much from the bottom of our hearts. We give thanks to you, O Lord, because everything we have, everything you provide is from you. And your will, O Lord, is always for our best. Bless us, O God, as we understand more of your word and more of our relationship with you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Okay, uh, let's start. Uh, I'm going backward? Sorry. Thank you, Peter. Now, I'm going forward. The joy of thanksgiving. It, was, it is written in Philippians chapter 4, verse 4 to 7. As uh, we have read it before, we heard it before, and then the key biblical truth is the key to a joyful living is the absence of anxiety that can be achieved through, through having relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. This morning, uh, I will be using three popular words to discuss Philippians chapter 4, verse 4 to 7. So that's the verse. Okay. The first word is like. Delight in, give joy, or satisfaction, right? So, meaning, enjoy. Enjoying. The verse talks about, verse 4 and 5 talks about enjoying God's master plan. If you will look at the big picture, because everyday life, your life, my life, is part and parcel of the big picture. The big picture is God's plan for all of us. Going back to the day of creation, He prepared everything before He created man. So, He did not create us hanging in the air, but he created the paradise, the garden of Eden, and everything else that we should and we could need is there. He prepared everything for us all, for you and for me, supposedly, for Adam and Eve, together with God. So, he also gives uh, law, like uh, when you enter a school, there's rules and regulation. When you enter a job, there's uh, uh, things you should do and you should not do to protect you within the boundaries of the Garden of Eden. So, he also gives them freedom of will. 
That's why when they exercise their freedom of will, Paul comes in. The Paul, the great Paul, the sin. And then he also provides his own ransom, his own son for our salvation to save us and to recover us from sin. But then you should always remember this. God needs your response. It's not always, it's, it's not all from God. He needs your response also for you to enjoy. <clears throat> That's why in verse 4 and 5 it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. He wants us to rejoice. That's why he, it is emphatic and he said, and again I say rejoice, right? He wants us to enjoy in every situation. He wants us to look at the bright side. Do not spend all your time looking at the wrong side. Because if, if you will focus on what you don't have, on what already had been consumed, you might miss the importance of what you have. Right? So look at the bright side of life. Always look on what is coming. That's why it says, uh, someone has said, yesterday is history, tomorrow is a mystery, and today is a gift. So enjoy the gift. That's why it says in verse again, let your gentleness be evident to all. That's how you will treat each other. Everyone. When God, can you imagine when God gives the sunshine, he makes it shine on everyone, for good people and for bad people. The bad farmer also received the sunshine for his plants. The good farmer also receives rain. So it's for everyone. And he gives life to all. Even the insects, right? Even the microbes. It's all part of the big picture. And when God gives his mercy and his grace, he always gives the second chance to everybody, right? If you could remember uh, one of his apostles, the sealessness of soul, the tormentor of first Christian, before he became Paul, right? But when he became Paul, when he met Jesus, when he had his second chance, he became a very important figure in the life of Christianity. So remember this. Everything is concluded with the great plan of God that the Lord is near. So it started with the great plan of God for you and I to be with God. Now it will be concluding, it will conclude in the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we have to be ready. We have to be, because we don't know the time, right? We don't know the time. So we have to live our life in anticipation for the last day of 
our life here on earth because Jesus is coming very soon. That's his time. But we also have our time. The end of our physical life. That's the time we will meet our Savior. It's either Jesus will come here or we will go to Jesus to meet Jesus when we die. We don't know that. That's why there is a, an illustration from the Bible uh, from Matthew chapter 25 verses 1 to 13 about uh, the coming of the Lord. It's, it's, it's uh, likened to the, uh, it says, it is like the ten virgins or the ten bridegroom, the ten brides waiting for the bridegroom, right? Five, five of them are wise and five of them are not so wise. The five bridegroom or the five brides who are, who are wise, they have their uh, enough oil to wait for the groom to come. But the other five, they don't care. So when the bridegroom comes, they were not there seeking for oil for their lamp. And when they come back, verse 12 says, But he called back, Believe me, I do not know you. They are knocking, but the door was shut. So you too must keep watch, for you do not know the day or the hour of my return. So remember, we should enjoy with satisfaction the delight of God's plan with our life. Because you don't know the day and time that He will come. The second part is found in verse 16, or verse 6, I mean. Subscribe or experience. You can only experience that joy when you participate. When we person, when 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 those person, or even if that person is you, when you when you experience, uh, when you remember your experience on learning how to drive a car, I can I can almost imagine my experience, my own experience, the nervous the nervousness, right? Because it's there is uncertain and unfamiliar situation. I saw someone uh, smiling. The worries, an expectation of negative outcome, right? And even to those who cannot, really cannot do driving or even learning to drive, there is anxiety. It says, over-responding to fear or worry. The nervousness and worries can be resolved. It will diminish when new skills are learned. But anxiety is difficult. It will cripple you. Right? It will stun you. It will prose you. You cannot do anything because of anxiety. Haven't you realized that even cars start to struggle? When you put the car on first gear, the engine tries to lift the car. The weight of the car and even including you. 
When you put it on a second and third gear, the car is trying to push all the way to travel from point A to point B. When you put it on the fourth gear, the car is maintaining the speed to reach the destination. But when it is on fifth gear, the car starts to save gas. There will be more mileage. There will be less time traveling and it will help you to enjoy your ride and to enjoy the scenery around you. And that could only happen if you subscribe, if you participate, if you experience. That's why it says anxiety is about to be addressed by having a relationship with Jesus Christ. Because he can address your anxiety. You can have an anxiety-free life because he says about anything. Do not be anxious about anything. It includes all. By praying, in every situation. Again, it includes all situations. Did you know that anxiety is uh, the backside of faith? Because in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, it says, The assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen, the unwavering trust in God or based on God's character. That's faith. But what is anxiety? It is vividly seeing what is not there yet. If you could remember from Matthew chapter 14, verse 28 to 31, when Jesus walks on the water, right? And Peter sees Jesus coming, but he's not sure if it is Jesus. That's why he asks, uh, Lord, if it is you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink. Cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? So what is anxiety? Seeing the wind. It is obvious that uh, he has faith when he sees Jesus, that's why he asked, Jesus, tell me to come to you. And Jesus said, come, so he walks on the water. That's faith. Now, worries comes in because who could walk in the water? Can you walk on top of the water? No one. But because he has faith with Jesus, he did walk on the water. But when he sees the wind, that's anxiety. You cannot see the wind. Right? But he sees the wind. He began to sink. Right? The what ifs. What if, uh, what if this happened? What if this happened? What, 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 what? What ifs? It's unending what ifs. But Jesus said, come. And he reached out his hand and pulled him out of the water. Remember, brothers and sisters, 
we can always pray. We can always send our petitions. But of course, it says in the verse, with thanksgiving. Why with thanksgiving? Did you remember the, the, the abbreviation WWJD? Yes. yes. What would Jesus do? Let's see. Some of it are written in the Bible. Um, he specialized in prayer. Even though he is the son of God, Jesus is specialized in prayer. Luke chapter 3 verse 21, in a special occasion of his life, when he was baptized by John the Baptist, he was praying, and then the Holy Spirit came as a dove, like a dove, and then God the Father spoke, this is my son, whom I am well pleased. When Jesus was uh, tempted by the devil, right? He was just, he has just finished his 40 days of prayer and fasting. The devil thought it is his weakest point. But he never knew that when we bow our head, put our hands together, bend our knees, that's the strongest point in our Christian life. Did you remember that? Because I learned that from Sunday school in my uh, younger years. Our Sunday school teacher will always teach us, bow your head, put your hands together, bend your knees, let's pray. That's our strongest point. Our posture is weak, but in reality, God, God's strength is in you when you're down on the floor, bend your knees, hands together, bow your head, and then praying to God. That is your strongest point. And that is Jesus' another secret. Third, Luke chapter 6, verse 12, when making a very uh, difficult choices in life. This is when he chooses the first disciples, the first 12 disciples. He prayed to God. Luke chapter 5, verse 16, when he is in communion with the family and friends, he prayed. They prayed. Remember, he goes up to the mountain with Peter, James, and John, and even Moses and Elijah joined them in prayer. You can look it up from Luke chapter 5, verse 16, and Luke chapter 9, verse 28. And the fifth one, when we need our Gethsemane moment, the difficult situation in our life. When Jesus has to decide his will or the Father's will, my one or God's plan. But then at the end of his prayer, he said, Father, thy will be done. Not my will but your will. And one of the last examples is found in Matthew chapter 27, verse 46. When in pain. I am teary when we are singing one of the songs. 
He was on the cross for me. He offered his life to save me. It's, it's always nice to know the background of each hymn, right? Because you could feel how the songwriter, how, how, how the author made up everything together to put it in a song because of his experience, personal experience with God. So when Jesus is in pain on the cross, he's praying to God, his Father. He's praying for man. Right? He, he even mentioned, I forgive them for they do not know. They are not, they, they don't know what they are doing. Right? And he even mentioned that everything that the Father had him to do is finished. So he did what he should do to save us. Remember, the Lord is near? Yes. He accomplished saving us. He accomplished paying our debt. But we need to, be, to have our decision. God needs our participation, our decision to lay down our life and accept Him as our Lord and our Savior. But all of this should be done with thanksgiving. Jesus did it with thanksgiving. Why? John chapter 11, verse 41 to 42 says, we, we, we could pray about anything. We could pray in every situation with thanksgiving. Meaning, if we pray with thanksgiving, we are not begging. Right? We are declaring our experience with God. If you could imagine a person riding on a bicycle uphill, how would you feel? You will keep on pushing, pedaling to get on the top. You need to because the bicycle only stands on its two wheel when there's speed. When you keep on pedaling, it will move. When you're moving, it's stable. When you stop, it will drop down. So you keep on pedaling to reach the top. That is not the attitude of praying with thanksgiving. The attitude of praying with thanksgiving is when you're riding downhill on your bicycle, feeling the wind, the breeze, feeling the velocity, the stableness of your bicycle without any effort. Or sh sh shall we put it together with the, with, with the experience of... Uh, most of people here, let's push your imagination. Driving a sports car, top down, on a freeway, and on a pip gear. What a feeling, right? Hallelujah. Less gas, less mileage, less time, more scenery, more wind. 
an experience of whew. That's declaring your experience. Gliding with the wind of God's faithfulness. So that's praying and giving petition to God with thanksgiving. Not begging, but gliding with the wind. It was when Jesus woke up Lazarus. Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you because you heard me. Verse 41. And verse 42, I knew that you always hear me, but I said this to the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. Remember the key biblical truth? The key to a joyful living is the absence of anxiety. Right? That can be achieved through having relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, Jesus was not praying because he's begging to the Father to answer his prayer. Right? Because he knew that the Father always answered him. That's his experience. So we are admonished to pray with thanksgiving. Always bending our knees, putting our hands together, bowing our head, and declaring God's answered prayer. Because we are part of the big picture, the great plan of God. Next is share. So it's like, subscribe, and share. Expressing, telling your experience to others. So in other words, it's uh, enjoy, experience, and express. I just used the popular word, like, subscribe, and share. Verse 7 And the peace of God that transcends all understanding. I would like for you to be reminded of a person named Daniel. You remember Daniel? Daniel and his three friends, Sadrach, Mesach, and Abednego. Oh, yeah. On chapter 2, oh, they, they were, they were uh, captives in Babylon, right? by King Nebuchadnezzar. But then they were given different name, a Babylonian name. So Daniel was named Belshazzar, Hananiah, Misael, and Azariah named Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Well, Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego was caught praying to God, not to the idol, Right? And there was a law, an edict from Nebuchadnezzar through his wise men, the jealous wise men, that anyone who's being caught praying not to the idol will be put in punishment. What's the punishment? Putting them in the furnace, the pure furnace, right? So the king doesn't have a choice because the signet ring was put on the edict, the law. So they were put to the furnace, and when the king stared 
on the furnace, he saw four. They only put three, Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But the king saw four. And when they comes out, that at the pure furnace, nothing was harmed. So the fourth person was an angel. They protected Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Now Daniel, going back to Daniel, he was put in the lion's den. Can you imagine how peaceful was Daniel in the lion's den? <laughs> will you? Will you be that peaceful? God's peace that transcends all understanding. So, Daniel had that previous experience that his friend was put to the furnace and they were not harmed because the angel of the Lord was with them. And when he was put in the lion's den, not lion, lion's den, overnight in the lion's den, they were playing who will blink first. Staring contest with the lion. So, early in the morning, uh, the king rushed to the lion's den. Daniel, did your God save you? Daniel replied, yes. God sent his angel. The angel holds the mouth of each one of the lions. And the king ordered for Daniel to come to, 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 be, to be pulled out of the lion's den. And the next day, uh, what happens? Those false accusers, the king ordered that those false accusers, including their families, be put in the lion's den and they were all consumed by the lions. Crush their bones. So, express God's power. Express your experience with God. And, it, and the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds. Remember the behavior of the cooks and the inventor. The cooks always keep on the next, keep, keeps on thinking and even dreaming the next menu, right? Their minds and their hearts were full, full of a menu and good things. The inventor always thinks of how to improve. Do you remember who invented the first electric bulb? Thomas Edison. Some critics says you spent 1,001 ways. You did not uh, succeed. And Thomas Edison said, no, I am always succeeding because I found out that there is 1,001 ways how not to make a light bulb. Every step is a victory. Every step is always finding something. Because the cooks, the inventor, they are always in tune. 
with their passion. So, if our hearts and our minds are always in tune with God, listening to God, we will be able to hear God's message. We will be submerged in God's peace like Daniel. We can even be in the lion's den with God's angel and at peace. Remember 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13 says, that No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind, and God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when the temptation comes, He will also provide a way, a way out so that you can endure it. Peace of mind. God is with you. Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3, You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. That's the only key to succeed in life. That's the only key to have an enjoyable life. Never mind the anxiety. Remember, God's angel is with you. The Holy Spirit is with you. God is always thinking about you. God is always protecting you. God is always making you a special part of His master plan. And it says in, in verse again, verse 7, lastly, in Christ Jesus. Remember the first commandment when God gave the first commandment? He said, I am the Lord your God. And he mentioned, you shall have no other gods. The Lord your God is in capital G because there's only one God. No other gods is in small g because there's no other God. They are not even God. They, they are not in existence. And John 14, 6, 14, 6 says, Jesus himself said, I am the way, the truth, the life. And to put it, Emphatically, he said, no one comes to the Father except through me. I, I, I remember one ad from the, from the commercial. It says, do not rent a car. Go find the car. So, God always wants us to remember that all of our anxiety, all of our prayers should be given to Him and He will grant you peace of mind, including your hearts and your mind, because His peace always transcends. In Christ Jesus, you will be able to experience all that. All your problems, your anxieties, bring to God. All your petitions and your prayer, bring to God. And there's only one solution. The Lord in Jesus. Like, subscribe, and share.
enjoy, experience, and express with thanksgiving, with peace, declaring God's victory in your life. Because the goodness of God's great plan for your everyday life and the abundance of your eternal life with the Lord Jesus Christ is in His great plan for you. He doesn't want you to be uh, not anxious every day. He wants you also to be not anxious about your future life. That's why we are always reminded by the Word of God to always look not only on the minor details of God's picture, the great picture, but always look on God's great plan of salvation for us all. He planned that everyone, every created being to be with Him forever. He wants you to be with Him at the end of the age by having a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Be always ready to accept God's ransom. Jesus paid up for your salvation with his own life. We just need to repent our sin, accept his invitation, and make Jesus your personal Lord and your Savior.